We're recording because we're live. And uh, in three, two, one. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Cinema on Tap, your weekly movie podcast with a refreshing selection of industry topics <laughs> and movie reviews on tap for discussion. As always, I am Scott Lenz, joined by my good friend, drinking buddy, and apparent intro hijacker, I guess we'll say, Christian Ubius. Christian, how's it going over there on the other side of the table? This beer's not bad. I'm glad we went with this one. We we did pick up an IPA to share before this recording, and I think it's going to go well for us. Because it's 9% alcohol by volume, and I must drive to the gym after this. Yes, yeah, strangely driving to the gym, not home, for a nice quiet evening, but no, you're going to the gym, so good luck with that. Thank you so much. Okay, I have I have several things I want to talk to you about. Okay, should we intro this particular podcast no, not at episode? All. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> okay. They saw the title, they're smart. <laughs> um, I was talking with someone today who was working on the Warner, like, indie sub unit the same way that um you know Fox, uh, searchlight is that of disney and uh, um, um focus features is that of universal and he was working for what used to be warner brothers indie one and they had been working on a small little movie as they were tearing it all down that was directed by danny boyle known as slumdog millionaire and they didn't know what they were going to do with the movie so they screened it for the um ceos of warner brothers at the time who said, look, we just don't think this movie's going to be successful. Mm. If you want, we can send it straight to DVD. But if you want to screen it for someone else, you can. And see if they pick it up for theatrical distribution. It ended up getting picked up, I think, by Searchlight. Um, and at the Oscars, this man, who had been one of the producers of the movie, when it was still with Warner Brothers, said, I should have been there. I should have been there. A friendly reminder that often <laughs> people near the top at Hollywood are not smarter than we are, <laughs> and that film as a business is incredibly impossible to predict. He, he, he had also passed on the Hunger Games, because he um, had been working for the company that had done Harry Potter, and said, uh, I don't think this is going to fit our brand of... Um, uh, of two different types of teenage movies. Yeah, it hates to have more than one brand of movies that <laughs> okay. markets to teenagers, no, no, no. man. This this man this man is wonderful. He he's very lovely, but but he he, he made a very very good well not a good point. He told me something that maybe I should have known. Ninety percent of what you are doing, if you're a studio executive, is passing on stuff. I mean. I cannot imagine how many god-awful screenplays have been passed across desks in Hollywood. So, to you know, to be fair to the folks who've worked and scrabbled their way to the top of their respective verticals at whatever studio they're at, that's a fair point, I suppose. But passing on a soon-to-be-best-picture winner is a that pretty, wasn't pretty tough... Yeah, not him, but pretty, <laughs> pretty tough hindsight 2020. Oh, um, fun fact about beer... We're on to the fun fact about beer. So, a beer that I don't know if we've had so far on this show together are sours. Now, normally, beer is brewed in a very controlled environment with the yeast, but sours are traditionally brewed in environments that invite wild yeast to come in and wild bacteria. 
Great. I, I don't really feel strongly about sours, do you? I like a good sour. Okay. Well, that's Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> that's sours. What well, else are we going to talk about? Well, we should probably talk about... Um, Scott, I'm surprised that you haven't introduced this episode yet. Yeah, I, I certainly <laughs> didn't try to do that two minutes ago. So here it is, folks. We have just wrapped up. A fun, if slightly uh, disappointing ending, Disney 100 month with Wish, a movie that I was not a fan of, though, Christian, I suppose you were. I liked it. But we had a good time talking about our respective top five lists yes, we as well. Shout out to the great people at Disney. May you rebound from your Disney 100 slump. Tough year for them. But we now move into December, a month where we typically don't have a defined previously uh, blend of the month or now a keg, cinematic, cinematic keg that we're tapping we are normally looking forward to the next year. We're looking back about this current year, even talking about some Christmas movies from time to time. So, Christian, as you are now in charge of December, you took it upon yourself to plan out a, an episode we've done before, which is, of course, our most anticipated movies of the following year. Next year, it's 2024. I so. just realized I haven't told you what we're doing next week. And you haven't told me what we're doing next week. So, <laughs> it'll be... A uh, roller coaster ride for me on oh this episode goodness. is I wonder Woo-hoo! will we be talking about the great films of Uwe Boll? Probably not. But Christian, we are talking about the most anticipated films of 2024. Yes. And I turn it to you. What what is your general feeling about t- 2024? For two reasons. I mean, for not really two reasons. For one reason, in that we've had a lot of good, ostensibly good stuff moved on the calendar into next year. So. Yeah. The things that have moved, do they have you feeling hopeful? Are you a little bit nervous? Or where are you at thinking about next year? I don't think... I I, I, I just don't see next year as a particularly strong year. Um, I feel like when I was looking at this year or when I was looking at 2022... When I was looking at 2022, I'm like, damn, Inuritu has a new movie coming out. Steven Spielberg has a new movie coming out. When I was looking at this year, I'm like, wow, Emerald Fennell has a new movie coming out. Bradley Cooper has a new movie coming out. Um... And I think that you felt the same, especially like this was a great year for franchises, for blockbusters coming out. And I look at next year and maybe it's just that so many things have moved from next year to the following year. Also, though, I feel like that has been almost a bigger thing or uh, movies just are not we're not able to be to be full to be finished before the strike. Um, And because of the strike, there's just not enough time to rush it out. Or everything that we now know about how animators and visual effects artists are be- treated beyond the Spider-Verse was at one point scheduled to come out next year. LOL. That movie, there's no way that's coming out next year. Um, we wait with bated breath for 2025, unfortunately. And so it, I'm, I'm looking at my list and I think that there are three movies, four movies, that would be in major... That would be like pretty good contention for a list that I would normally make. Everything else, because I, I came up with 23 titles, everything else, just, I, I, I don't see. Like, I, 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 I don't really, really see. It, it, they're not coming from, they're not passion projects from a director. They're not returns from a writer. They're not major movie star vehicles necessarily. I'm, I'm looking at this year the same way that I looked at 2020, that I'm sure, undoubtedly, I will come up with 
11 to 20 movies at the end of next year that I will have really liked and loved, but there's not much anticipation to it. This does not speak to what the quality of the movie will be. Yeah, I think what's hard about these anticipation episodes is invariably there are movies that don't necessarily come out of nowhere, but they just, we're not aware of them yet as people who aren't really in the industry, aren't working on film sets. There are going to be great filmmakers who announce new projects in January, February, March, then and those movies are made and released at the end of the year. Or somebody's been working on a secret project and it's going to release over the summer. Or there's going to be great movies that debut at the festivals and filmmakers who we don't know about yet are going to have these incredible debuts or second features that come out and they get some anticipation. I mean, you think about something like Everything Everywhere All at Once, which of course became a Oscars juggernaut almost out of nowhere last year before it got picked up by A24 and they put on the campaign. You know, it was made by Daniels, two guys who had Swiss Army Man, this weird offbeat indie hit, and various and sundry other projects in the background, but nothing that, that would have indicated they were going to be future best director winners at the Oscars. So there's always stuff that we're just not aware of when we sit in December and look ahead to the new year. So these episodes tend to be looking ahead at franchise stuff, what franchises are coming back, what sequels are coming out that we're excited about, and which ones are we not, <laughs> and, and also just taking stock of what we do have that's been announced. There's a few movies on our lists that are currently labeled as untitled, whatever, <laughs> because filmmakers or studios have announced interesting projects that just we don't know what they're about yet, so oh, that's what we have to work with. I left a movie off of my list. Oh my god! How could you, Christian? How could you do such a thing to that poor movie? Um, like, well, F it. I guess. Where, where's it? Was it going to be in your top ten? Because we're talking about top tens. I think it might have been in my top ten. Well, <laughs> we we can see. Is it going to come up on my list? Let me check. <laughs> we shared lists. In advance this time, so we can... We, we can... barely shared lists in advance. Just and... because I shared my list at 4.45, and then you sent me yours, and then I revised my list. And I told you not... Well, okay, I... I you, first of all, you wanted to see my list first, so that you no, could no, edit no, no, your no. own list. It's no. not on your list either. Okay. You said, send me your list, and I said, mine's not ready, send me yours, and you said no, because you're obstinate about... Uh, list building, shall we say. So I did eventually share my list with you. And then once you shared yours, there were a few titles that I had not either heard of or considered before. And I worked them into my 11 through 20. So as not to besmirch me... the honor of my top 10. Okay, let's start with this movie. Let's start with this movie, which I have left off of my list and you don't have on yours. Okay. And I want to say is a bit of an oversight. Maybe it's definitely an oversight of mine. Okay. Where would have Alien Romulus been on your list? You know, I considered Alien Romulus. I I will say I'm curious. I, I don't have a ton of nostalgia for the Alien franchise. As listeners of this show may know, I listened to, or I watched Alien and Aliens for the very first time when we were doing our James it's Cameron, Cameron blend of the month in honor of Avatar The Way of Water last year. So since then, I have seen Alien 3, I've seen Alien Resurrection, and recently I watched Alien vs. Predator. Nice. <laughs> so I am going to get caught up by the time that comes out. I didn't want to put it on my list because I don't have a ton of real anticipation for it because I'm still planning on watching some other Alien movies before I finally sit down for that one, but I did consider it. Okay, I... for I, I don't, It didn't appear in any of the lists that I looked up, but I know that it's coming out next year. And I've heard... 
good things from the people who are in it. So you know what? Alien? Maybe, maybe, who knows? I will probably go see it, but let's wait and see. Um, it's uh, coming out August 16th of next year. It's directed by Fede Alvarez, who people will probably know from the Evil Dead remake or Don't Breathe. And it's got some interesting actors in it, too. Kaylee Spaney, who just yeah. played Priscilla Presley, is starring. Isabella Merced is going to be in it, who I believe she played Dora in the Dora movie, <laughs> among other appearances. I boycotted that movie. You what? I think I boycotted that movie. You boycotted that movie. Don't they go to Peru? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of Peru, it makes an appearance later on this list. Yes, it does. Um, let's, let's start with our list. We have two movies that overlap in our top tens. Uh, one that overlaps in the top five. Indeed. Um, let's start with your number ten, sir. What is your number ten? My number ten, honestly, would have been higher if it wasn't coming out in just over a month. But that movie is The Book of Clarence, yes. which is James Samuel's next movie. It's coming out January 12th. It's already debuted at... Some film festivals. BFI? That, yeah, it played BFI in London this October. So it has been seen, but it does it will release widely in January. As uh, people may know, I was a really big fan of The Harder They Fall, which was, I can't quite remember if it was his <clears throat> debut film or maybe he had... I loved it. Yeah, he had some other feature before perhaps, but his uh, Western film, which had, had almost an entirely black cast set in this very traditional setting. It was Lakeith Stanfield. I know that Regina King was also in it. Jonathan Majors, Lakeith Stanfield, RJ Seiler, Daniel Deadweiler. Yeah, some really great actors there. And he is now taking on Wait, a... it had... Zazzy Beats? Yes. Yes. And he has made his Western, and now he's taking on another classic genre, that of the biblical epic. <laughs> <laughs> the The premise here, it's called the Book of Clarence, yes. and it does follow a man named Clarence who lives in 29 AD Jerusalem, which... Who is seeking to capitalize on the rise of Jesus? Yes, if you are aware. Yes. Uh, 29 is uh, right in the middle of Jesus' rise to fame during his ministry, and Clarence decides that he's going to claim to be a new messiah sent by God. And I'm sure that there will be some very, <laughs> very interesting uh, jokes in this movie. Some uh, hopefully successful comedy and making fun of this story that we all know and are familiar with. Maybe it's our generation's life of Brian. We don't know. Maybe. Uh, it does star Lakeith Stanfield once again returning to play Clarence. He will also apparently be portraying Thomas, like Doubting Thomas, of Jesus' disciples. Love it. But again, a really great cast here with Omar Sy, Anna Diop, R.J. Seiler, David Ayelowo, Michael Ward, Alfred Woodard, Tayana Taylor as Mary Magdalene. She's getting some Oscar buzz, speaking of you know things coming up uh, in the near future here. Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. I mean, and, and a lot of great people here. Um, also, James McAvoy as Pontius Pilate and Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> as someone named Benjamin. So... It's, yeah. number, it's number 14 on my list. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I would have put it higher if it weren't coming out so soon. So yeah. my anticipation is only is going to be satisfied very soon. But I'm excited to see what James Samuel has up his sleeves next. Hopefully it's not so transgressive that churches and uh, other folks start boycotting it. But who knows? Maybe it'll just be a, a fun, good time at the movies. Christian, you're number 10. My number 10 is The End, which is an apocalyptic musical film. <laughs> Directed and co-written by Joshua Oppenheimer and also written by Rasmus Heisterberg. So, okay. Have I seen 
any of Joshua Oppenheimer's movies. No, even though he has done The Act of Killing, which, which people, is people love. A very good documentary. It is an extremely harrowing watch if you out there want to engage with Joshua Oppenheimer for the first time. It is very hard to watch. He basically just asks uh, some uh, some of the men who were involved in, in Indonesian like mass killings. He just asks them about that. And the, the frankness with which they talk about it is almost frightening uh it's a very very good documentary very hard to watch but definitely a recommend so i wasn't choosing this because of joshua oppenheimer i was choosing it for two reasons one is the premise a wealthy family lives in an underground bunker two decades after the end of the world which they directly contributed to which is fascinating to me and also one of the ways in which i looked up this list is by looking up actors who i actually really enjoyed watching and other things um do you know which actor I chose to look up to see what he was going to be in next? Well, I, I might say Tilda Swinton, but I'm going to say George McKay for it you. It was George McKay. And George McKay, who had been the lead, one of the two leads in 1917. And uh, Tilda Swinton, George McKay, Moses Ingram, who was in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show as Sister something. She was the... Third the, sister? Was yeah, the name? Inquisitor who... Like, takes on Darth Vader yes. later on in that show. Michael Shannon is also going to be in this movie. Um, I'm, look, distributed by Neon solely because of the premise. Interested? Interesting. I've been really intrigued about this movie for years because he announced it a long time ago. Yes. The Act of Killing came out in 2012. There was a companion documentary called The Look of Silence, which came out in 2014. And Oppenheimer has not released a new film since then so this will be 10 years yep. before his or, or since his prior project i actually got to see him speak in person uh, when i attended the telluride film festival back in 2017 he was there in the guest director capacity introduced some screenings of other uh, films like classic films that were screening and the way that he talks about uh, movies is just it, he's so passionate and clearly has such a love for film history although he began in documentary and I'm really, really curious to see what he can do with a narrative film, with a musical especially. It's such an audacious way to debut in fiction filmmaking. I'm actually... What I am most interested in is... Is this going to be different than... Was it... What, what was it? Was it a net? That movie that I can't stand? <laughs> yeah, the Laos Carax film. Oh, I hope that it's not that when it's I, the musical aspect. Too. I highly doubt that's what they're going for. That was something very specific. <laughs> Love it. Let's move on to your number nine. Alrighty, moving on to my number nine. Now, Christian, I'm going to be real with you here. Oh, I did want to say quickly, actually. The end, number 14 on my list. So, okay. a movie that I am looking forward to as well. I'm going to be honest about my number nine. I, you know, I, I just... <laughs> I'm almost, I, so I'm almost sad that it exists. <laughs> it's my number fifteen, and I, but I know, and I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> yeah, but we know exactly why. It's my number nine, and your number fifteen, and that movie is Twisters. Yes, which is the sequel, the spiritual successor, whatever you want to say. Uh, sorry, according to the producers, a new chapter following the, the <laughs> classic disaster film <laughs> Twister. Which I did watch a few months ago, just knowing that this sequel had been announced and I was curious about it. And it's like totally fine. If you like Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt and great supporting casts, sure. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it, Alan Ruck is in it, Carrie Elways is in but it. But 
there are there is one major reason or there are two major reasons that I know you love it. There's one major reason what I'm why I'm gonna go see this. Yes. So number one, directed by Lee Isaac Chung, it is follow yes, up to, to Min- Minari, Minari yes. which was one of the best films of, of 2020. 2020. Yes. Um, just a, a, a oh, an achingly beautiful family drama, uh, heart rending emotional moments, and 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 now he's following it up with Twisters, which it's just. It's one of those moments where he you say... He was going to do a live-action Your Name. Which I I wouldn't have wanted that either. So, you know, I, I don't know. But on the one hand, I, I want Lee Isaac Chung to get the A live-action Your Name would have... I, I, don't, I, I don't hate it. I I am... You love Your Name. I love Your Name. I, am, I know. I am increasingly uh, anti-live-action adaptation, especially so close to the original. But that's a sure. topic for another time. Leo Chung, you know, I do want him to get the bag. Go you. You have your debut film, like your breakout film in your 40s. You deserve everything coming your way. Minari is beautiful. will stand the test of time. But on the other hand, he's a great director, as evidenced by his debut. And I'm really curious to see what he can do with a big franchise film like this. Plus, this cast is absolutely outrageous. Daisy Edgar-Jones, Glenn Powell, Anthony Ramos, Brandon Perea from, uh, from Nope, Daryl McCormick, Maura Tierney, Sasha Lane, Kiernan Shipka, David Cornsweet. New Superman's gonna be in this movie. I mean, it's gonna be in this movie. And that's that. There, this cast is unbelievable. We have Leasic Chung coming in to direct. I think there's a very real chance that this becomes a very crappy CGI disaster. And you know, I still might be a fan of it because of this ridiculous cast. And <laughs> um, I think Daisy Edgar Jones. I'm not super familiar with her. I've seen Fresh, but I haven't seen Normal People, which was her sure. big breakout. I do like Glenn Powell though. And I think that if they are in the Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt roles, sort of analogs from the first movie, I think we could have something really wonderful on our hands in terms of uh, romantic chemistry. So when, when I when I saw it was going to have Glenn Powell on it, I'm like, he he might go for this movie. All right, um, let's that's move on coming to, out July 19th. Let's move on to my number nine. Now, most of mine do not have release dates. So guess what? I'm I'm going off of. I think these are coming out in 2024. You know, we gotta be hopeful. Last year, we had movies like Dune Part 2 on our list, and lo and behold, now that will show up on this list. So, you know, cross your fingers, send some hope out into the universe, send up a prayer. We're hoping and believing that these movies are coming out. My number nine, I have Conclave. So, Conclave is, it's written by Peter Strahan. It is directed by Edward Berger. Now, Edward Berger is, um, the director of All Quiet on the Western Front that came out last year? Was that last year? Yes. Wow. Um, he Now, uh, Peter Strahan is also the writer of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And on top of that, the premise of this movie is that Cardinal Lomelli, tasked with finding the successor to the deceased Pope, discovers the former Pope had a secret that must be uncovered. I'm in. Yes. Buy my ticket now. <laughs> and... Listen to this cast. Ray Fiennes. Yes. John Lithgow. Yes. Stanley Tucci. Amen. Isabella Rossellini. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I looked at that and I go, wow. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm, I'm scared of just one thing. That it could be something that goes by the wayside, like the Pope's Exorcist. 
I feel like those are different takes on the Pope, Christian. <laughs> this seems a little more prestigious than that. Well, it's an Edward Berger directed movie by Peter, like written by Peter Strahan. Yeah, I mean the thing about Peter Strahan is, if you look at his Wikipedia, it's a little bit wild. Where Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, there, there's a me award nominated for best screenplay. There's all all of the giant awards attention, but he's also written such films as How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, starring Simon Pegg. The Snowman, starring, I believe, Michael Fassbender? Maybe? Maybe Michael Fassbender? The, and Goldfinch. the Goldfinch. which does, does not work. Yeah, so he has written quite a few movies, which is generally a good sign. When it's, okay. Especially when it's not franchise stuff. If you can get scripts yes. made, that's generally a good sign. But also, he's written some stinkers. So, I, I, <laughs> we'll see. I have realized that a, that a, writer's, a, a writer's IMDb is not necessarily representative of what scripts they wanted to push out there, but probably uh, yes. just the ideas that people were like, maybe this will sell. Well, you, or you sell a spec script and they're like, hey, this is great. We're not going to produce it, but do you want to do this rewrite on Transformers? And you have to say yes. So <laughs> that's what you end up doing. If you want health insurance, you need to say yes. <laughs> um, your number eight is higher up on my list, right? Yes. My number eight also comes with some Oscars pedigree, shall we say. But oh, are we doing it right now? No, no, no. We're teasing it. Because it does come up higher on your list. It so does come up higher on my list. We will skip past that and go to your number eight, Christian. Okay. My number eight, the um, expected follow-up to the director of the new Sony Spider-Man movies is Wolves. <laughs> did you know that John Watts had written and directed this movie? I don't think that I did. I have to say, I'm not following John Watts' career in <laughs> earnest, but okay, talk about it. Spider-Man Homecoming I love. Spider-Man No Way Home I love. Spider-Man Far From Home is, is fun. I think this is fascinating. I am interested to see what John Watts can do as a director following up an MCU career. And right now, he is taking on a movie where two professional fixers find themselves hired for the same job so basically um fixers can be anything from assassins to people who are uh making situations go away Crime scene whatever cleaner. that yeah. could mean for very wealthy individuals george clooney and brad pitt are in this movie now i'm immediately regretting this movie not appearing on my list but <laughs> uh keep talking about it <laughs> amy ryan is in this movie we like Amy Ryan. I love Amy Ryan. She was in the best movie of all time. And here's the thing. Principal photography was suspended in July, but had been going on since January. I am hopeful that that means since the writers and actor strike has ended, they will be able to resume and get this out. This is also an Apple movie, and I'm not gonna lie, man. Apple is in the business of finding of, of, of finding good things. To me, I, I actually hold Apple more in esteem than Netflix. Apple generally has had a more quality over quantity approach. They yes. also they also have had a few movies that that come and go, and people might not see them. But they have a number of movies that. I know I have not seen partially because I just don't know anybody else who's seen them. So certainly could could bode well, but not Best a guarantee. Picture winning production studio, movie studio, Apple. Eat your heart out, Netflix. Also want to say, just looking at the quick Wikipedia page, a couple other things that jump out to me. Number one, shot by Larkin Seipel, who just worked with Daniels on everything everywhere all at once. 
I I know some people, some critics of that movie did not necessarily love the way it was shot. As a big fan of it, my favorite movie of that year, I am really excited to see more Larkin Seipel movies. And another actor in this cast, Austin Abrams, who it, I, I'm like one of the only people I think with Austin Abrams stock, but he to me is an interesting actor who has not had the right project to to strut his stuff. He is in Euphoria, but he has a small part that became smaller in season two. He appeared in, speaking of Netflix, uh, Do Revenge, a very not good movie in my opinion. I'm a you little bit of a hater it, for right? that. Yes. And his part is okay there. Uh, he's in Chemical Hearts, an even worse movie, <laughs> where he's trying to be romantic lead and just comes across as creepy. So I'm hoping that in a movie like Wolves, he'll have an opportunity to maybe finally find something that best uses his talents as an actor. I, I think he has that chance, but we'll see. Okay. Let's move on to your number. What even is this now? Is it well, your we're number on my seven? Number seven now, Christian. Okay. And I will be honest. It is a movie that I heard of for the first time while doing research for this list. But its concept and its cast intrigued me. And that is The Amateur, which will be directed by James Hawes and written by Gary Spinelli. Uh, it's an adaptation of a novel of the same name. And it follows Charles Heller, who was a who's a CIA cryptographer who eventually loses his wife in a London terrorist attack. Uh, after the fact, he realizes that his bosses at the CIA will not allow him to uh, follow up and, and investigate an act because of some conflicting priorities. So he begins to blackmail the agency into training him and letting him go after the perpetrators of this attack himself. So just on concept alone, I'm really intrigued. I really don't know anything about James Hawes because he's primarily worked in British television. He's made... Uh, he has a movie that's yet to come out but is complete called One Life um, with Anthony Hopkins. That I, It might have played at some film festivals <coughs> this year, um, but has not been seen widely yet. Uh, Haas has also worked on things like Doctor Who and Merlin and Penny Dreadful, a couple Black Mirror episodes. But most recently, he's been working on the show, speaking of Apple, Slow Horses, which is a I've show that I... heard very good things. ...have not watched, but I've heard very, very good things about it. It seems like one of those shows where it's got a small small but devoted audience, and that is another espionage show. And so him taking his small screen talents to the big screen, I think, could bode well. Plus, Rami Malek is starring here as Charles Heller, and I... I, I don't know. I'm kind of... I'm not I sure about like Rami Malek. I like Rami Malek. I think that movies in which people have disliked him have never been his fault. Like, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody is his fault. Um, yeah, not entirely. I, I know I, I'm not the hugest fan of his performance, but I really don't like that movie. But I am interested in seeing his talents used, uh, again, on a larger scale maybe than Austin Abrams, the right part for him. But the supporting cast behind him includes Rachel Brosnahan, Mrs. Maisel herself, an actress Ooh, that I'm really excited about Lois speaking Lane. of Superman. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Katrina Balf, Lawrence Fishburne, Adrian Martinez, who's very funny, and I'm curious how he'll fit in here. Holt McElhaney and Julia Nicholson. So, really great I love cast. Katrina Balfe. Yeah, really great cast. A an exciting director who's new to movies, coming off a career in TV. Not everybody can make that leap successfully, but working in the espionage milieu, perhaps. So, I'm I'm in. I'm excited about the amateur, and that comes out November eighth. Okay. Moving on to your number seven, Christian. Unless you have any amateur thoughts. No amateur thoughts. I will move on to my number seven, which is Havoc. I think that I had this on my long list last year when we did our top list. Uh, I did go list. back and find those lists, and you did. So something that unfortunately just – I don't think it just got released in 2023. I don't know if that was strike-related. It just 
that's just how the cookie I, crumbled. I do think, though, that I didn't mention it because we only really did our top fives that year. Yeah. Um, Havoc is written and directed by Gareth Evans, whom, if you have seen the Raid movies, he is the director of those movies. I am very interested in it because it's another action thriller. Um, after a drug deal goes awry, a detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while untangling his city's dark web of conspiracy and corruption. This isn't a new premise, but I do think this is a premise where at the very least you could probably get a C plus or a B minus on. And let's be honest, Christian. It's got my boy. Your boy. It's got my boy, Tom Hardy. <laughs> and if you watch the raid, one, the raid is brutal. And so if this movie is as dark and as brutal as we know Gareth Evans could go, especially in a movie that also has Forrest Whitaker, Timothy Oliphant, and Justin Cornwell, I'm in. This is a Netflix release. They've been holding on to it for a while. I think it will come out in 2024. I'm hopeful it'll come out in 2024. But I know you are also intrigued. Yeah, I, I had forgotten about this one. And, and once you reminded me of it, I did slot it in in my 10 through 20 section. I've only seen the original uh, Raid movie. And so I can't say like I have a ton of stock in uh, Gareth Evans just because he did. there's a sequel to the Raid that I haven't seen yet. And he also released a movie with Netflix a few years ago called The Apostle, which is more of a horror-flavored mm -hmm. movie with Dan Stevens. One that I've been curious about, but just haven't gotten around to seeing. So definitely one that I, I, I'm intrigued by. I like the premise. I love Tom Hardy. So if things go well for Gareth Evans and his really brutal hand-to-hand -hand style translates, I think Netflix could definitely have a uh, action hit on their hands. I'm excited. Uh, let's move on to number six. Moving on to my number six, one of those movies that, unfortunately, we know absolutely nothing about, but I think you'll understand why it's on my list. It is Next Christmas's untitled Jordan Peele film. I Do we know who the cast is? We don't know anything about it, Christian. We just know that it's a Jordan Peele movie <laughs> coming out Christmas. Which, if people recall, that's kind of what happened with Nope. Where we knew basically nothing about we the had the for a poster while. of the cloud, but we got the poster of the cloud. That's it, and, and that's it. And it drove people insane. They were like, "Why is this a cloud? Why is there like a little string coming out of it?" And they finally released the trailer. I mean, honestly, spring of last year. There was and, and it just anticipation really started to build after that. It was that a very, very good trailer. So intriguing. And, and I, I just looking at Jordan Peele. I'm a big fan of Get Out because who isn't? I love Us. I'm one of the few, but uh, many where that's actually my favorite of his films so far. And I really like Nope. It's my third uh, third favorite for his movies, but I'm still positive on all of them. And if this guy's got a new movie coming out, I've learned after missing Get Out and Us in theaters that I am going to have a butt in a seat at a Cinemark or AMC when this guy has a movie coming out. And so no idea what it's going to be about. No idea who's going to be in it. No idea who's going to be shooting it or editing it or doing the music for it. I just know that Jordan Peele's writing and directing, and I'm there. So that's my my number six. That's how excited I am for this project we know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> I thought about it and then realized of his movies, the one that I love the most is Get Out. Us, I think is fine. And Nope, I think is fine. And I'm going to go see this new movie, but if I'm just going to think that it's fine, I didn't want to put it on my list because I didn't think anticipation would be that high for me. He's very talented. I'm excited, though, to see what happens with this movie. So, Christian, we go to you for another undated, but hopefully 2024 released movie. Love it. There are no dates. <laughs> there are no dates. Um, this next movie is is Blitz. 
which is a historical drama movie about the blitz raids that Nazi Germany did on London in 1940 through 1941. And it's written and directed by Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen is incredibly gifted. He is incredibly gifted. He can do anything from a, a, a fast-paced thrill to a slow-moving and contemplative drama. And this movie stars... It, a variety of people, but the ones that um, caught my eye were Saoirse Ronan and Harris Dickinson. Saoirse Ronan, y'all know, Little Women, Lady Bird, she's there. We, uh, uh, we know Saoirse. Harris Dickinson is, uh, well, he's going to be in the Iron Claw. He's, I think, the third Von Elric brother next to um, Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White. And he was just in Triangle of Sadness. He was just in Triangle of Sadness. Harris Dickinson, I have stocking. I'm, I'm very excited to see how this movie does with the two of them. I will say, though, as much as I'm excited to see what this movie does with the two of them, I'm primarily excited because it's a new Steve McQueen movie. Yeah, I one of my great failures as a watcher of movies is not getting even more familiar with McQueen because I think 12 Years a Slave is an absolute masterpiece, and I think Mangrove <laughs> was... if I, I might have put it number one for 2020. Um, his... Small Axe project with Amazon is one that I never I never made my uh, made it all the way through. But his movies are oh Widows. How can I forget Widows? A movie we talked about on this podcast. So I have been a huge fan of all of his movies. I just haven't gotten around to watching more of them, and I absolutely should. And once you reminded me of this, I slotted it in at number twelve. Uh, definitely, definitely up there for me in terms of anticipation. Another Apple project that will hopefully get some theatrical. Um, run as well. Uh, another actor I wanted to shout out here who you didn't mention is Erin Kellyman, who a lot of people might recognize without knowing her name. She was in Solo. She was in The Green Knight. And perhaps most infamously, she was in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Her character, Carly Morgenthau, was like the uh, the primary villain of that show. She was with the, the what was called the terrorist group in that show. And I think not the most well-written or executed the TV young show. girl? Yeah. Oh. But I think her performance was not a problem. Um, definitely somebody who I am really intrigued by as an actress, and I'm I'm just excited to see what else she can do after some, you know, we have gotten her in some franchise stuff, but we've also gotten her in some smaller things. So, yeah, really excited to see what she can do in a historical drama like this. Let's move on to your number five. Moving on to my number five, which is actually a movie, Christian, that it comes in at number one for you. So I am going right. to pass it for now. So my number eight and <clears throat> number five are your number one and one two. two. So yeah. we will talk about them. But we're going to go from uh, Steve McQueen to another untitled movie, Christian, that appears on your list and in my 11 through 20 section. Okay. My my number five is the untitled Universal Monsters film, which will supposedly be released April 19th, 2024. Maybe this will be my birthday movie. <laughs> Yeah, shocking that it's this close. I mean, April is less than six months away, and we don't have a title for this movie. No trailers, no, no behind-the-scenes pictures. But they have pictures, claimed this date. They have, yes. And it's by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillette, who you all will know as the directors of Scream 5, or Scream, and Scream 6. And it stars Melissa Barrera, also the star of those two movies. Um, the film is reportedly inspired, I'm reading straight off of the Wikipedia, by the 1936 Universal film Dracula's Daughter and will revolve around a group of kidnappers abducting young people. Young people. Weir will play one of the kidnapped victims while Barrero will portray one of the kidnappers. 
Universal has stated that the film will be a unique take on legendary monster lore and will represent a fresh new dis- direction for how to celebrate these classic characters. Given how much Radio Silence has already been able to take Scream in a very interesting direction, I'm excited to see what they do with another horror movie, with a monster movie specifically, with maybe monsters that we already know of, and Melissa Barrera from both the Scream franchise, and also, look, the more that I think about In the Heights, the more it was really disappointing. However, um... Disappointing? (laughs) I I think In the Heights was a pretty disappointing movie, when I think back on it. But she, I think, was very, like, I think she was not bad. Um, and I really like her as an actress. Um, I don't think we should get into it. <laughs> she was recently removed from Screen yes. 7 for some controversial reasons. But, yeah. Not not a great situation. But not a great situation. There's uh, there is some other exciting actors here. Dan Catherine Stevens, Newton is one of them. Dan Stevens, Catherine Newton, Giancarlo Esposito, who is b- never bad. I mean, he, he's good in everything. Um, Angus Cloud, who another Euphoria actor, who unfortunately he he passed, passed away, away pretty suddenly earlier in uh, earlier this year in twenty twenty three, but someone who had some promise as, as a very sort of interesting character actor. So it'll be sad to say goodbye to him, but I get an opportunity to see him in a big project like this. Something that did hold me back from putting this higher on my list because I was really intrigued when I saw it is the Last Voyage of the Demeter, which if people are not aware of, came out earlier this year was an adaptation of the first chapter of Bram Stoker's Dracula, which follows Dracula being brought from Transylvania to England on this ship called the Demeter. And apparently, some people had a lot of fun I with it. I heard the movie was terrible. But yeah, most people said that it was terrible. And unfortunately, that is Universal's new strategy of trying to continue to use these classic monster characters is these sort of reboot-style things. And the track record is not not so great so far so definitely a chance that the radio silence guys are able to put a lot more life into something like this give a newer fresher spin than adapting a single chapter of a book but we'll definitely see it's something i'm intrigued about and hopefully it it just bodes well for for more uh resurgences of these classic monster characters who i who we all know and love let's go into your number four my number four christian I mentioned it earlier in this episode when I mentioned that we would be taking a trip to the great nation of Peru, a a nation that has given us you, for which I am. I'm forever (laughs) grateful for. But it also has given us somebody else who's quite important, shall we say. And that is none other than Paddington Bear, of course. Paddington in Peru, folks, is one of my uh, most anticipated movies of next year. Primarily because Paddington, I think, is a perfect film. Paddington 2, which everybody says is better. I am like, my hot take is I think Paddington slightly edges it out. But Paddington 2, another absolutely fantastic movie. I love them both dearly. And I'm very excited for the third entry in this strange new franchise. Uh, Unfortunately, Paul King, who directed the first two movies, will not be directing Paddington in Peru because he is... Was busy directing Wonka. Yes, with Wonka. Which apparently is not bad. The social media reviews have started to come in today, but... But we'll we, see how that goes. Regardless of how Wonka goes, none of us can say that Wonka had the best trailer ever. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> they are bringing in uh, Dougal Wilson to uh, to direct Paddington in Peru, which this will be his feature debut. He's worked in uh, a ton of music videos before. Uh, but I'm just really excited about a return to Paddington. Of course, Ben Wishaw is back as Paddington, and Emelda Staunton is back as his Aunt Lucy. 
Hugh Bonneville is back. There's a replacement that I'm sad about, and it's that Emily Mortimer will be replacing Sally Hawkins as Mary, the mother of the Brown family. It's nothing against Emily Mortimer. It's purely because I love Sally Hawkins, but Madeline Harris and Samuel Jocelyn are also back as Judy and Jonathan, the uh, brother and sister duo who love Paddington there. Uh, I mean, Olivia Coleman is showing up for this entry. Antonio Banderas is showing up for this. I'm just really excited about another Paddington adventure, and I'm excited to see this one in theaters because similarly, I missed Paddington and Paddington 2 in theaters and will not be missing Paddington in Peru when it comes out November 8th. So I'll be there, Christian, and maybe it you'll was, be with me. Uh, it's, it's number 18 on my list. Simply because Peru was in the title. That's the that's the only reason. <laughs> a worthy reason. Oh, you know what, Christian? What? I've just I realized uh, something terrible. What? <laughs> I'm looking at a Wikipedia page. The film is dated for a theatrical release in the United Kingdom on November eighth, followed by a theatrical release in the United States on January seventeenth, twenty twenty five. It'll hold a festival run or it'll it'll <laughs> It'll show up in LA. It's not going to have a festival, but fingers crossed it shows up in LA or at least some theaters in advance of its uh, 2025 wide release date. But regardless, Bags in Peru is my pick. What's okay. your number four, Christian? My number four doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Um, my number four is The Trashers, which is a movie that a year and a half ago was said to be in development with Cooper Wright attached to direct it, who's the director, writer, and star of uh, Shithouse, which is a movie that I love, and Cha-Cha Real Smooth, which is his follow-up, which I also love. And the more that I think about it, and this might shock you, if this had an official 2024 release date, it might be number one on my list. It would be either number one or number two, because I love Cooper Rife so much, and the stars of this movie are David Harbour, Olivia Dijon, who was um, Priscilla in Elvis last year, and Cooper Hoffman, who we saw in Licorice Pizza. And I love all three of those performers. It is not written by Cooper Reif. It is written by Adam R. Perlman, and I think this might be one of his first ever official fi film screenwriting credits. Yeah, he's, he's written a lot of TV over the last 10 he years or so. This will be his first film uh, produ produced. He did stuff for The Good Wife, which is a TV show that I've seen every episode of and love. And so I'm excited, and it follows a... Oh, man. It follows the rise and fall of Jimmy Galante, a garbage tycoon from Danbury, Connecticut, and partner of the Genovese crime family. Yeah. I don't know what that means. That is very straightforward, um, Christian. So... <laughs> But I will say, based on the premise and the cast alone, I might have put this on my list if it wasn't a Cooper Rife movie. <laughs> so, I have not seen Shithouse, I still want to, but I was really disappointed by Cha Cha Real Smooth. You didn't hate it, though. You, well, you, I didn't, you gave it three stars, which I, is not hating yes, it. Yes, but I was, everybody told me it was going to be an absolute masterpiece of, of, of chatty indie cinema, coming of age style. And I didn't hate it, but it, it sort of... Sometimes a three-star movie is something that you like, kind of love, but have to acknowledge is bad. Sometimes a three-star movie is something that you sort of give a passing grade to, but didn't love. And that's what that was for me. I, I, I'm really intrigued at how he's going to mesh with this premise. Especially if he's not starring in it or writing it, which and, is interesting. And honestly, like part of my problem with Cha-Cha Real Smooth was the writing. And I just didn't think he had chemistry with Dakota Johnson in that movie. 
I thought that I, when he was acting I away from her, with you so much. There's nothing there, but when he's acting away uh, from her, so I actually liked there. him. Regardless, so, regardless, with this cast, I'm excited about David Harbour and yes. I'm excited about Cooper Hoffman. Yes. Just thinking about those two guys acting across from one another is really exciting. And the, the premise, I, I like uh, mafia adjacent stuff. I got to be honest, and so and yeah, he's we'll someone see. who likes small movies, so it'd be interesting in how you do a small movie about a mafia family. Um, that being said, let's move on to your number three. Yes, moving on to my number three. It is a movie whose first trailer came out recently. A movie with, oh, yes. which is another entry in a franchise that I love. And that movie is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I am a huge fan of the Apes reboot trilogy. We covered Dawn of the Planet of the Apes on this show recently. And... Honestly, I'm I'm really glad that there's there was some time between War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, which came out in 2017, and now Kingdom, which is coming out seven years later in 2024. Uh, unfortunately, it is losing Matt Reeves as its director. I've become a really big fan of his. The Batman, I think, is one of the best Batman movies ever made. It's one of my favorites from uh, from two years ago, last year. Came out last year. Uh, whenever that movie came out. <laughs> came out last year because it was it came out, the Northman. And the Batman came out, and That's our friend right. Keenan lost his mind. And so did I, because this <laughs> movie's absolute role. But uh, we're bringing in Wes Ball, who is someone I... He's directed the Maze Runner movies, but that that's kind of his his big. Um, I've seen zero seconds of them. Yeah, I think I saw the first one because I read a couple of the books. But yeah, so we'll see about West Ball. But they do bring back uh, Josh Friedman, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, uh, the writing team there, who wrote some of the um, earlier movies, uh, as well as Patrick Ason, who I think is new uh, to this series here. But be a lot of new cast members as they're kind of transitioning to a different generation, different era for the the ape characters here. But just to return to this world, I'm really excited about. I, I think they're always a uh, benchmark setting for motion capture and, and acting. Avatar The Way of Water uh, was absolutely phenomenal use of that technology, obviously. And I'm really excited to see how the apes continue to expand on, on its use. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and I don't have to wait too long, because it's May 24th. So, about six months from now, but it's coming down the pipe. Okay. Let's move on to my number three. Let's do it, Christian. I know none of the actors. I only know one of the directors. I know one of the writers, because it's the same as one of the directors. This movie's called The Kitchen, and it's being released really soon, apparently, on Netflix, January 12th. Now, in a dystopian future London where all social housing has been eliminated, Izzy and Benji fight to navigate the world as residents of the kitchen community that refuses to abandon their home. This is written by Rob Hayes, Joe Murtaugh, and Daniel Kaluuya, and it is being directed by Kibwe Tavares and Daniel Kaluuya. It is merely because it is science fiction. And Daniel Kaluuya is doing a feature writing and directorial debut. That I am interested in watching this. The premise is fascinating to me. I know nothing else. And it's coming out soon. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea this movie existed until you shared your list with me. And I am really intrigued by Daniel Kaluuya's writing and directing, or at least co-writing and co-directing debut and i love a good near future science fiction premise i guess this is dystopian future so who knows but i i'm, I'm just intrigued and this is coming to netflix so i think this is one of the ones where i had not 
heard that this was a thing and it's coming out so soon that the fact that it's coming out so soon is higher actually raised my expectations for it yeah it uh it debuted at uh bfi i think uh yeah another yeah bfi london film festival in october so pretty good rotten tomato score 83 percent lower on the metacritic side which gives a more averaged out score but who knows i mean just totally seems like yeah could be something really cool especially with Daniel Kaluuya attached to it and not acting in it so i'm intrigued amazing um let's move on to your number two yes to my number two um uh, unfortunately for my uh my <laughs> love of originality we are sticking with franchise land but it's for a very specific reason because the movie that i am second most excited about in 2024 is furiosa which is the mad max fury road <laughs> from george miller who uh, it shares a writing credit with nico lathoris it is a Furiosa prequel starring Anya Taylor-Joy as Imperator Furiosa. Sign me the hell up. Um, not only is she going to be taking over that role from Charlize Theron, but Chris Hemsworth is here. Christian, guess what Chris Hemsworth character is named? Just, Thor. Just, no, bad guess. Truly a bad guess. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is playing a character named Dementis. I love that. He is a warlord who leads a biker horde. I am absolutely in. <laughs> I am so in. Um, not only that, some other great actors. Uh, Nathan Jones, who played Rictus Erectus in Fury Road, will be returning. Um, is, that is... The, is that the main bad dude? No, he is the like big, beefy son of the main bad dude, Immortan Joe. Ah, okay. um, some other returning characters. Uh, Angus Sampson playing the organic mechanic. Just love those names. But uh, Tom Burke also appearing... Um, but George Miller is back. He is back after Fear Road, which is which is a perfect movie. Uh, for being honest, it is one of the best action movies ever made, and I I just love 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 Fury Road. But Miller's also bringing back some important people. Uh, Margaret Sixel, who's been his editor for a long time. Jenny Bevan, who designed the costumes on Fury Road. Tom Hulkenborg, or Junkie XL, is his uh, his nom de plume which he did the music on Fury Road as well. So some returning collaborators, some really exciting actors. Going back to the world of Fury Road, I mean, I am just really excited. I don't think this will be an Oscars juggernaut like Fury Road was, but I'm really hopeful that Miller uh, just brings the exact same juice he had on that movie to this. I'm Plus, very excited. I'm excited about Anya Taylor-Joy in like, an action I role. I love Anya Taylor-Joy so much. And I'm... This is number, what is this for? I mean, number 12? Yeah, number 12 for me. Um, and here's the thing. I actually think that it's going to, look. I think that no matter what, I'm going to like Furiosa. I think it was more so, I, I don't know. It is Will Furiosa be a 5 out of 5 star movie for me? Maybe. I don't think that it's going to be. But with just the amount of returning talent, That's I true. am incredibly excited about it. So I'm excited. Um, let's move on to my number two, which is your which, number eight. Yes, my number eight. So I'm glad that we finally get to talk about it. My number two is Gladiator 2. Um, look. Look. Gladiator is awesome. The first Gladiator is awesome. And Gladiator 2 has Paul Mescal who seems to be in every other movie nowadays. Paul Maskell is just crushing it right now. He's, he's the internet's boyfriend. 
You can't keep a, saying the internet's boyfriend. I have you said it. You use that so often. Name a single of the time that I said that in recent memory, Christian. The 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 dude. Not, I think Timmy. Timmy was one of them. <laughs> when? When did I call Timothy Chalamet the internet's boyfriend? I don't know. Recently, and then this other dude. Compelling case. <laughs> this, Compelling. This this other this other dude. Yeah. Who who. Paul Mescal, perhaps? No, 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 no. Wait. So I'll talk wait. about Gladiator 2 while you okay. try to Google. Gladiator 2 has Denzel Washington and has Paul Mescal, who is the nephew yeah. of Commodus, who dude, is... Dude, Paul Mescal and Denzel Washington in the same room. What it's, are we talking about? Oh my I'm there. goodness. <laughs> I am so excited. Ridley Scott is coming back, and this is something that Ridley Scott can do. <laughs> 20, 24 years later since the release of Gladiator... And the best picture win. We're also bringing back Connie Nielsen. And we're bringing back Derek Jacoby. Was Jimon Hansu? He was in Gladiator, right? Was Jimon Hansu in Gladiator? Yes. Yes, he was in Gladiator. He's coming back. Um, and, and honestly, another thing that I think is going to be so Logan great, Lerman, you called the internet's boyfriend. Well, Logan Lerman, that's his only job right now, unfortunately, is the internet's boyfriend. Because he's <laughs> not acting. But <laughs> Paul Maskell <laughs> is certainly one of the internet's had, current boyfriends. I had to look up Percy Jackson, the Olympian's lightning thief movie, to remember what Logan Lerman's name was. Something else that I learned about Gladiator 2 when I was looking into it and preparing for this episode is that... They are, after Commodus is the, was the emperor, Joaquin Phoenix played in the first movie, they're following up uh, with the co-emperors, uh, Caracalla, otherwise known as uh, Marcus Aurelius Antonius, and uh, Geta, Publius, Publius Septimius, Septimius Geta. You're just, you're <laughs> really just saying sounds. You're just making that. sounds right now. But those two guys are going to be played by Joseph Quinn, who was just in, uh, he was Eddie in the new season of Stranger Things, and Fred Heckinger, who is the the lazy son slash Sydney Sweeney's brother from the first season of White Lotus. And I'm just really excited to see what the hell those two dudes are doing in a big Ridley Scott epic. Pedro Pascal is in this movie. Plus Pedro Pascal is in this movie. I mean, look, I think Gladiator 2 could be be a tragedy, like a travesty. It's being written by David Scarpa, who wrote Napoleon. Uh, He also wrote All the Money in the World for Ridley Scott. So certainly somebody who's... um, you know, his movies with Ridley Scott have been... Some people really enjoy them. Some people don't. Napoleon, I've not seen yet, but I know some people thought it was poorly written, shall we say. Okay. So, we shall see. But th- it could be bad, but also it okay. could be fantastic. It's a follow-up to a Best Picture winner. There is a good chance this movie does not come out in 2024. Because of SAG after related delays? or that and It's filming right now. Look, this is a Paramount and Universal Pictures co-produced, co-distributed movie. Um, and and here's why that's important. Normally, movie studios do not appear under the production company names. These movie studios are appearing under the production company names, which means that they are looking deep into this. This is one of like the jewels in the crown for them. If they don't think it is ready, they might pull a Top Gun Maverick and hold on to it until they believe it will be ready. To be fair, Top Gun Maverick got held on to because of the COVID-19 pandemic. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And and uh, there were reshoots done for it. Yes. So if they don't think that this is ready and is going to be released in the theater and make them a ton of money, they might hold on to it and do reshoots for it. Knowing how... Just how fast Ridley Scott has been making large movies lately, I am... 
And knowing that Gladiator is a Best Picture winner, let alone otherwise Oscar nominated, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sure not saying it's not going to be. I'm not saying it's not going to be something that we're going to love. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm sure it's going to come out at the end of next year as an Oscar play. Like that, I'm convinced that's going to happen. I'm just saying that there's a possibility instead of coming out at the end of next year, it could come out at the end of 2025 as an Oscars play. As Ridley Scott moves on to yet another massively budgeted, crazy, large epic of a movie as People he gets keep even older. Money! People keep throwing money at it! As they should, Christian. Are we ready for my number one? Uh, let's go to your number one. My, I forgot to mention this actually. So Furiosa coming out May 24th, which is the same day as Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I'm going to have one of the best Fridays of my entire life. But finally, on my list, we get to an undated movie. I have some others in the honorable mentions category, but we're talking about a movie that has had some seemingly serious behind the scenes problems, including several department heads walking off the set and needing to be replaced during production. We're talking about a filmmaker who is financing this thing from his own pocket. And he the, sold so much of the stuff that he had to finance this He movie. sold so much wine to finance this movie, Christian, because it's none other than Francis Ford Coppola's return to big-budget filmmaking, Megalopolis. Uh, I grow more excited for Megalopolis with each new insane behind-the-scenes detail that we learn about it. Um, it stars Adam Driver, and here's the, the quick premise. In New York, a woman is divided between loyalties to her father, who has a classical view of society, and her architect lover, who is more progressive and ready for the future. He wants to rebuild New York City as a utopia following a devastating disaster. And imagining Adam Driver as this visionary trying to remake New York City after some kind of disaster is simply exciting on its own. And then you look further down the cast list and realize the immense amount of famous people and talented actors who are going to be appearing in this movie. Old legends like Dustin Hoffman, like John Voight, who has not been in a lot of good movies lately, but let's give him his flowers. <laughs> and what, like uh, Shia LaBeouf? Uh, Talia Shire. He's, he's, he's not old. But yes, newer, younger actors like Shia LaBeouf, like Aubrey Plaza, like Jason Schwartzman. Uh, I, I mean... There's just a really, really great cast. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne. I have to say Lawrence Fishburne's name if he's on the cast list. Um, even SNL's Chloe Fineman has a role in this. Who who knows what she'll be doing? But I honestly am so excited about the mere promise of this movie because Francis Ford Coppola is the kind of guy who is probably insane and has gone to immense lengths to make insanely good movies over the years, be it the Godfather movies, be it Apocalypse Now, um, and the conversation as well from the 70s. And moving into the future, making extremely audacious, crazy, ambitious movies that, that don't always work, but uh, but have their fans. I mean, I have to say, when it comes to Coppola, I, <laughs> I've i seen The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. I've seen The Conversation, and I've also seen Peggy Sue Got Married in 1986, and that's it. I've not seen so many of his other movies, but this is still the one that I am so, so, so excited about and hope comes out next year because it'll be his first movie since 2011. And this could be the insane magnum opus that he goes out on. And uh, I, I am just, yeah, I am hotly anticipating this movie for the Francis Ford Coppola of it all, for the insane premise, the behind-the-scenes drama, the incredible cast. It's it's going to be a really good time, and I, I'm really hopeful. The behind-the-scenes drama has scared me away from putting it on my list. Actually, it's not even it. I just don't think this releases in 2024. I I don't know because filming is complete, but the behind the scenes stuff has not necessarily been affected 
by the people who left the project. Like it was the visual effects people who were like ditching and, and needing to be replaced. So we shall see. I, I, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm being crazy. I felt like if this was going to come out in 2024, we would have heard something. I mean, or again, seen an image. Is there even an image available about this movie? There might be some behind the scenes photos, but again, that's that's not really like a barometer for if this movie well, that, comes well, out. Well, there, there's a yeah, there's a, a couple behind the scenes photos. We got a driver in a scarf. We got Shia LaBeouf in uh, some kind of some kind of Indiana Jones hat. It looks like. <laughs> but look, I I. I I think that concern is completely valid, but I also think that, at, like, like I said, it's December of this year, half the movies that appear, uh, more than that, that appear on our best of 2024 list, we haven't heard of yet, because yeah. they're going to show up at a festival and be awesome. Megalopolis will probably debut at, uh, if not con, some other, like, it's fall festival. It's and, gotta be, it's gotta be a can movie. Right? Yeah, that, I mean, I... Who knows if it's, uh, if it will eventually come out, but I, I am sure that, uh, Francis Ford Coppola will continue to power his mad odyssey to completion, and hopefully he does so uh, in time for it to release in 2024, because I know, I'm incredibly Can excited. Comes out, Can's in May. I mean, we've had movies debut at Cannes without trailers or things like that, so I there's a chance. Uh, okay. With filming wrapping earlier this year, there is a chance. But that is my number one, Christian. And now we turn to you for my number five and your number one. My number one is Nikki 17, which is the new movie written and directed by Bong Joon-ho. Here's the premise. Um, I mean, it's based on a novel known as Nikki 7 by they Edward Ashton. They had a 10 Nikki's. <laughs> they had a 10 Nikki's. <laughs> Flashback to Kingdom Hearts Mickey and Wish. Amen. Amen. Um, it's the story of Mickey 17 and Expendable, who is a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world of Niflheim. After one, <laughs> after one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. Most of? You don't say. <laughs> most? Um, Robert Pattinson is Mickey. And also, <laughs> Steven Yeun is playing a character known as Birdo. Sounds sounds great. Naomi Aki is playing a character known as Nasha Ajaya. Yep. Tony Collette. Tony Collette, baby. Gwen Johansson. Mark Ruffalo. Can I say this one, Christian? Please say it. Hieronymus Marshall. Yes. Just delightful. I... Oh. Cinematography by Darius Kanji. One of the greats working. One of the greats working. It's coming out on March 29th. We are pretty sure it's going to stick to that date because March was announced last year. And I'm, I'm thinking everything's completed by now. Big fan of every single actor I have named. Huge fan of Parasite. And also think that Bong Joon-ho is one of the greats. Therefore, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. It's coming out soon. It's a science fiction movie, and my my list seems to be just replete with science fiction movies. Um, and also, I guess we are no longer just looking at the fall for awards festival plays. It seems. Yeah. It and that's why, honestly, Mickey Seventeen could end up being one of the best movies of next year. 
Uh, totally possible. Bong Joon-ho is incredibly reliable. I mean, his other movies haven't necessarily been like movies noticed by the Academy, but obviously they've they've been beloved. They've been successful whenever they come out. And I am sure uh, we'll be talking about Mickey 17 in March of next year and later on in the year. It's definitely a movie I've been hotly anticipating as soon as it was announced and we saw that Robert Pattinson was going to be starring in it. Uh, and, and yeah, his first movie since, since Parasite. So definitely something to get excited about. Uh, I've caught up with some other uh, Bong films since Parasite and continue to grow in my affection for him. I'm really excited. Robert Pattinson, soon to be dad. Soon to be dad. Indeed. Indeed. Um, that's it. That's our list. One through ten. Uh, Christian, we don't have a ton of time left, but we did prepare more than ten. Do you just want to shout out a few of the movies from your okay, okay, 11 through okay. 20 that we did not talk about yet? Number 11, which honestly maybe should have been number one. Venom 3, or as you can find it on Wikipedia, Untitled Venom Let There Be Carnage sequel. So incredibly excited. So it's being directed by, uh, it's, it's being directed by Kelly Marshall, who is also, she's the one who wrote the first Venom movies. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy. And Juno Temple, Chiwetel Ejiofor are being added to the cast. Tom Hardy, of course, is 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 coming back. Tom Hardy loves making Venom movies, Christian, and I love he, that. He he genuinely loves it. <laughs> if 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 I, it it like one of the few times you see him smiling is on set of Venom, and just just something that that is important about these movies is that he like shares writing credits on them. <laughs> he produces them. He has a story credit on Venom: Let There Be Carnage and on this movie. He he cares about them deeply, and I they're they are awful and beautiful, and so <laughs> I, I'm I'm excited in a different sort of way for Venom Three. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any other thing. I mean, sure, I, I'm actually really excited for Argyle, which is the the it's it's the new the, Matthew Vaughn movie. The new Matthew Vaughn movie. Y'all know Matthew Vaughn is the one who did the Kingsman movies. Um, I really did like the trailer i don't know how other people feel about the trailer i'm i'm very excited about it drive away dolls which is the new ethan cohen movie yeah, again yeah. simply because of the trailer i mean I don't, is there a trailer for it i might have stayed, yes. I might have stayed away from it intentionally because <clears throat> i i sometimes try to skip trailers when i can but yeah ethan's debut after joel debuted with the tragedy of Macbeth as a solo director at least uh, last year now we get his which stars um margaret qualley and Geraldine Miswanathan uh, has this story of like uh, young runaway women. Um, Something I, tells yeah. me I'm gonna like Jarway Dolls more than I liked the Tragedy of Macbeth. I think that's entirely plausible. If he if he can sort of recapture that Coen Brothers tone, um, Tragedy of Macbeth, great film. Also, and from some respects, it, it was a retelling of Macbeth, uh, and and limited by that. So. Driveaway Dolls being... Is it original or is it based on something? I, I honestly forget. Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> but I, I am intrigued by it as well. It's also in my 11 through 20. Oh, there's 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 one other movie. Because I don't... I don't know how you feel about it. I put one... There, there's one MC movie coming out. And that's Deadpool 3. Yes. So I left it off my list. I think that uh, Sean Levy is a very uninspired choice for director, but I think that that 
honestly suits the MCU as it currently is. He is a classic Hollywood director who, not really a visual stylist, not really an, an audacious auteur, but someone who can shepherd a production. Um, I, uh, I've also lost some affection for Ryan Reynolds over the last few years. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of what he does, but I liked the other two Deadpool movies, and maybe in a year of only one MCU movie releasing, there will be TV shows, of course, maybe it'll feel a little more special. So I'm nervous about it. I think it could be pretty bad, but I also think if things go right and they nail the, they nail the comedy of it, Hugh Jackman doesn't feel desperate in his return to Wolverine. Jennifer and, Garner is returning as Electra, and I can guarantee you she's not going to be the only X Men cameo we get in that movie. So that's what I am actually interested in, though, is the cameos and how they make fun of themselves. And desperately, the MCU needs something to make fun of. To to, to it, it, look, we'll see. Look, look, look. It's it's over. So so final, so definitive, Christian. It's it's over. It it, it just is. Um, do you remember when we hopped onto the Hollywood Week podcast to talk about how excited we were for phases five and six and yeah, four? Sure do. <laughs> and, and, Good times. Um, and and remember how everyone really liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Yeah, and then good. and then in the span of six months, um, it it fell apart. Well, it had. Guardians put it back together, you'll recall, after it had previously fallen apart. And I feel like the MCU is never, maybe not never, but is not going to die for another few years, but we shall see. Um, anyway, I'm... Oh, um, there's a movie that you don't have on your long list. And I'm interested to see if you left it off on purpose. That movie is? Hitman. I... Is it not... Oh, it's not coming out later this year. Yeah, Hitman. So Richard Blankletter's new movie with Glenn Powell. I didn't include because it was supposed to come out this year. It got some festival play and some positive reviews. Netflix picked it up, but then they pushed the release to 2024. So definitely a movie I'm excited about. I just wasn't really thinking about it for this list. I mean, you also didn't put Dune Part 2 on your list, but that's because you had had it on your list yes. last year. I had Dune Part 2 on my list last year, and unfortunately got delayed because of the uh, the fools at the AMPTP and their inability to give the writers and the actors what they inevitably gave them anyway and then had to push movies that were going to make a bunch of money like Dune Part 2 but it's an honorable mention for me it's it is my number one movie that I'm anticipating next year but I uh, wanted to let some other movies get discussed honestly Megalopolis might remain number one so Dune Part 2 number two but yeah I'm incredibly excited about it just wanted to talk about some different movies what are your honorable mentions uh, I had a few. Alex Garland has a new movie coming out, Civil War, uh, which I didn't see Men. I, I heard mixed reviews on that one. I, sh I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but I've liked Did other... Did like it. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> I have liked other Alex Garland projects, and Civil War uh, is an A24 movie with Kirsten Dunst and, again, Kaylee Spaney, um, set in a, a future Civil War, so definitely an intriguing premise, an intriguing cast. Um, M. Night Shyamalan has a movie coming out next year, which I'm anticipating, but the one M. that M. I'm... M. Night Shyamalan? Or yes. His, and, the one and his daughter? And his daughter has a new movie coming out, her first movie, in fact, called The Watchers. And I'm really, really excited like, excited to see if some of that DNA uh, transferred from, from father to daughter. Um, she also has Dakota Fanning and Georgina Campbell, who was just in Barbarian, starring in it. So really intrigued by that one. Some other franchise projects I'm looking ahead to. Uh, Godzilla Kong the New Empire I have liked all of these Damn. new all Damn. these new Godzilla and King Kong movies so I'm in for that one 
uh, Ballerina, the first John Wick spinoff, I think could be terrible because it's they're losing Chad Stahelski and they're bringing in Len Wiseman. But what has Len Wiseman done? Like the Underworld movies and some other junky sure. blockbusters. So sure. we'll see. Um, but Ana de Armas stepping into the Ballerina of the Name with Keanu Reeves in a supporting part. We'll see about that one. And I'm intrigued by the War of the Rohirrim, uh, which is more accurately yes. called Lord of the Rings: The War of the Rohirrim, it's, which is an anime movie set in the. Uh, Lord of the Rings universe. Is it specifically anime? Yes. It's, uh, I, I'm wow. not sure the director's name, but directed by a Japanese director with, with English voice actors. So could be could be terrible, but I, I'm, I'm open to people using franchise IP to do to try new things. Oh, the, so um, we shall see about that one. I, I didn't have this on my list and I forgot about it. I think Avatar The Last Airbender from the, 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 their movie about like Grown Up Aang from Avatar Studios comes out next year. Uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, um, which would be interesting. It would be. A couple others I wanted to shout out. Number one, Alto Knights. Speaking of the Genovese crime family, um, Barry Levinson, back to Levinson. the big screen, written by Nicholas Pileggi, who wrote Goodfellas, among other things, and starring Robert De Niro, playing both Vito Genovese and Frank Costello, uh, two Italian mob bosses who went head-to-head in the 50s. Um, certainly... Could be uh, could be a middling movie, um, to, you know. That, that's sort of what Barry Levinson and Robert De Niro have done in their recent collaborations over the last ten years or so. But this is a Warner Brothers movie coming out November fifteenth, so maybe they've got something good on their hands, and they think you know could be another opportunity for some awards play or some holiday box office. So I'm intrigued by I'm, that. I'm looking forward to it a lot. The last two I'm going to shout out quickly. Number one, another Christmas movie, Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. I really like sure. The Northman. I like The Witch. Still have to see The Lighthouse, but. I'm in for what Robert Eggers does. I'm not super familiar with... Uh, I haven't seen The Silent Nosferatu, which I will before watching this, but yeah, just intrigued to see how that could go. And then finally, a movie that I learned about doing this list and just wanted to give a quick shout-out to because I can't believe that it exists. Uh, the Day the Earth Blew Up, a Looney Tunes movie, which is an animated movie with the style they've had for the newer Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, which was originally going to be dropped on Max and is now going to be released theatrically, which is not normally how Warner Brothers does things in today's day and age, uh, especially given the news that Looney Tunes, some Looney Tunes things are being taken off of Max. Uh, I would love to see a Looney Tunes movie succeed in theaters, and so I'm cautiously interested in The Day the Earth Blew Up, <laughs> starring Daffy Duck and Porky Pig. Um, I have one last movie. Just because I have no clue when it's going to come out, and there's no cast, and there's no Wikipedia page on it. <laughs> Joaquin Trier has been working on a movie called Sentimental Value. That's all I know. I believe Renata Reinspa is attached to that. Yes, At least on is. IMDb she is. Yes, she is. So, uh, she's, she's attached to another movie called A Different Man, which is going to be a psychological thriller starring Sebastian Stan and Renata Reinspa and Adam Pearson. So, um... <laughs> I am actually I'm very very interested in what that's going to be and that one is an A24 movie after undergoing surgery for a new start in life Edward becomes fixated on another man playing him in a stage production based on Edward's former life so you know what down (laughs) down um I'm done and those are our most anticipated movies of 2024 I gotta say Christian I know you're not um super anticipating next year i think there's a lot to be a lot that uh, is sort of risk reward a lot of stuff with maybe low floors but also high ceilings where if everything goes right it could be really good something like twisters which the first twister 
totally okay blockbuster. But with Lee Isaac Chung attached and all those great actors, who knows? Maybe it'll be a massive hit. We'll just have to wait and see. You you just don't understand how often in my head I replay you you or me saying I have not seen Secret Invasion. You saying I have seen Secret Invasion and it is it is okay. Well, that's how you got to talk about things that the internet decides are terrible and you think are of acceptable quality. Uh, Christian, what is coming up on the show next week as you surprise me with this information? You please don't do any homework. Um, we're gonna do two things. We're gonna have um, we're gonna have Angel Pineda on this show. He is a Marvel enthusiast. We're going to be doing something called our Marvel Flights. We are going to be choosing just four movies that best represent the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. Um, that is part one. I've already show. got mine. Black Widow, The Marvels, Eternals, and The Incredible Hulk. Done. I did it. What else, Christian? Part two, we're going to have Elias Hoxie on the show. Elias! Welcome back to the show, Elias. And we will be doing the top five animated movies of the 21st century. Oh, very exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, a little two-part episode. A little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. Should be pretty fun. Um, we, we just need to make sure that we we're actually need to be... Um, we need to make sure that we're on time because yeah. Angel will leave and Elias will come. Elias, Angel will leave and Elias will come. And I believe you also have a flight to catch the day that we've planned to record next week. So we have a real deadline. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned, folks, for a little two-part episode next week where we talk some Marvel and we talk some animation. Should be a really fun one. I feel like I've flexed my animation muscles with all the Disney movies that I just watched in the month of November. So I'm ready to roll. We hope you're excited for the, what else we have coming. The after are the tappies, and that's, that's, and, that's, and that's the year. And that's it. We'll take a holiday break. But hope you've enjoyed listening to this one. If there's a movie that's coming out next year that you're excited about and we didn't mention, we'd love to hear about it. So number one, send us an email. TheCinemaOnTapPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know what folks out there are looking forward to. We'd love to know if we've turned you on to something that now you're going to be anticipating. Maybe something like an undated Jordan Peele movie or the movie that Christian just talked about with Sebastian Stan, which is called... Is that Sentimental Valley? Maybe Sentimental Valley. <laughs> I thought that was the Joaquin Shearer one, actually. That's uh, that's uh, a different man. Maybe we've we informed you man. about a different man, and now you're looking forward to that one. We love to know your thoughts. Again, cinemaontappodcast at gmail.com. Also, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or review. Helps us reach new listeners, and we just appreciate seeing those five-star reviews come in and the nice reviews. So please, leave us reviews, subscribe, all that fun stuff helps the show grow. And, of course, you can follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and the both of us on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? Look. I like Cooper Rife. Good for you, Christian. Good for you. Until next time. I, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're going to keep talking? Look, no, not on that. You don't understand how much I have contacted or subtly tried to see from the people that I know if movies are coming out next year and they refuse to give me an answer. Well, it sounds like they're good at their jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, folks. This has been Cinema on Tap. Thanks for listening.